Building wealth isn't just about hustle and grind. Every day, huge deals are being made, businesses and properties are changing hands, and a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward. If you want to be part of that small group of people, then this show is for you. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Before we jump into today's show, we have some exciting news to share with you. Our brand new online community platform is now live. Get access to free on-demand in-depth training courses on topics like infinite banking, cryptocurrency, real estate investing, and much more. Just go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com or check the show notes of this episode to find the direct link to request to join the community. Now, on to the show. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me today, my co-host today is Bob Burnett. Welcome back, Bob. Hey, Jim. Good to be here. A lot going on in the world, so. There is a lot going on. And, you know, I always, uh, as a lot of uh, listeners know, Bob and I are business partners in a lot of ventures, and I like that we balance each other out. And so my Bob is very, uh, he's got the numbers, he's got the stats, he's it's very engineer, he looks at the world like that, and and that's really cool because I think what, what we're going to talk about today, well, um, you need to know the facts, and you need to know the numbers, and what's going to happen with, uh, with these facts, but um, Bob, for just maybe somebody that hasn't listened to one of your other episodes, kind of give the listeners really quickly uh, your background. Um, Bob and I both live here in Southwest Florida, but Bob has a great uh, background in, in his professional life. So just maybe give everybody a refresher on that, Bob. Sure, sure. Um, so my background, I would say, you know, first and foremost, I'm a technologist. I've spent most of my career around technology. Um, those of you who are a little uh, longer in the tooth, like Jim and I might remember uh, a, a computer company called Gateway, which was the cow-spotted personal computer company. And I served as chief technology office there, officer there, uh, meaning that I ran the product development area. Um, and uh, I've also had a passion for economics. I've studied, I do have a, a, a minor degree in economics, and I've studied that kind of in parallel over that period of time. And uh, the last five years, a lot of my time and attention has gone to uh, the cryptocurrency areas, uh, specifically in, in trying to develop a deep understanding and now evangelizing of the importance of Bitcoin to the world. And I'm sure we'll touch on that a little bit here today. You know, and Bob, I think it's important because, you know, you were in technology about the time that the internet was really uh, getting some traction and you kind of rode that, uh, you know, that wave, uh, so to speak. And, and, and I think that the blockchain and Bitcoin and the problem that Bitcoin solves, it's, uh, you know, I've heard you speak a million times uh, and, and, where you've said the blockchain will be bigger than the internet. And that's a big statement, but when, when we think about that, really Bitcoin is gonna, I mean, Bitcoin is gonna be the currency of the future, right? And, and so how big is that? Well, it's really big, 
but we have to figure out if we, you know, if we know Bitcoin's a solution, a solution to what? We got to know what the problem is, right? And Nelson yeah. always, Nelson started his great book, Becoming Your Own Banker, with the problem first. So yep. touch touch on that, kind of give yeah. us a, you know, well, genesis of uh, of the problem and where we are today on the problem. Yeah, it's, it's great to actually that you bring that up, Jim, because um, I, uh, as, as uh, many of you may know, Jim and I are close friends and I, I reached out to Jim actually earlier today and said, hey, I, we've been meaning to do this podcast. Let's do it today. And there's a couple of reasons why. One of them was I was catching up myself on some of the Create Tailwind um, podcasts from the past. And on one of them, uh, Jim was talking with one of the other guests about uh, this very topic of Nelson's. Uh, Jim was talking about the, you know, his, his difficulties getting through the Old Testament and uh and his conversation with nelson about hey, hey if you have to read the old testament you have to understand the old testament because that's the problem and the new testament is a solution and um it reminded that's exactly the trigger um you know for me reaching out to jim or well, as part of the trigger the other thing nelson said is if you know what's happening you'll know what to do you know two two great pearls of wisdom that i think are very applicable today um, the other, there's actually two world events that also precipitated my, my discussion. The first one was yesterday, Russia announced that they were recognizing Bitcoin as a currency and they would treat it exactly like a foreign currency. Oh. Um, that may have been the type of thing that to the average person went kind of just as an, oh, that's an interesting thing, but we'll, we'll probably touch on a little later the massive implications of a country like Russia saying this is a currency now. It's, it's yeah. massive. The second thing was an announcement from the Fed today that CPI was at seven and a half percent year over year. And uh, one of the things I want to start with here is CPI, Consumer Price Index, is not inflation. They'll, they're often used synonymously, but they are not the same thing. Um, real inflation, when you include assets, when you include the normal basket of things that affect people's life is closer to 15 now. And in fact, if you use the same index of CPI was used in 1980, it would be about 15. So, um, but, but this whole thing, Jim, of, of, of kind of, getting to the problem we talk all the time with business owners almost everybody we talk to uh, the the core topic is financial independence and that revolves around money but what i find and, and i do a lot of public speaking is almost nobody understands money what is money how does it work and so i think that's a good place to start you know what is money so money is a representation of work you really sit down and you boil it down, you have money and it is a result of your lifetime of work. Okay. And, and, and what is work? As Jim said, I'm an engineer. You know, there, there's actually a physical uh, physics definition of work and it's, it's, um, it boils down to energy. Work is a measurement of energy. When you hear terms like horsepower, it's a measurement of energy. Well, so money is a representation of energy. A monetary network 
is a system by which that energy gets moved and it gets moved through space and time. So if I have $20 today, I can move it through space. I can drive over to Target and I can spend it. I can also hold it and I can spend it in the future. I can give it to my grandchildren for the future. If it loses some of its energy, some of its purchasing power, you know, where does that energy go? What's causing that loss? Well, primarily those things are things like inflation and taxes and fees. Those are, those are the things that cause energy loss. So when you look at money, I think one of the most important things to sometimes do, whether you're evaluating your business, whether you're evaluating um, uh, whether to invest in a certain, certain asset, you know, you have to think about what sits behind that. How will it move through space and time? What, what factors might impact it through space and time? And um, generally, in a short window of time, those things don't change much. But over a long period of time, those things can change dramatically. And, and, I, and I say that, by the way, from the perspective of the first world, because if you're in a first world economy, like we happen to live in, and most of these listeners, most of you listeners are, you're in a first world economy where those things don't change a lot. But if you live in a different area of the world, if you live in Argentina or Lebanon or Turkey or a place like that today, you look at it completely differently because those, those things are not very constant. They do move and change in short windows of time. So I think, um, you know, Jim, before we, before we dive maybe on a, a, a little different tangent here, I, I think um, one of the things that, that, that we maybe want to talk to folks about here are, you know, who, who's giving us like some of these numbers, who's giving us some of these measurements, you know, what are their motivations? Because, you know, we talk a lot about seceding from the financial system, you know, and, you know, what does that mean? Um, and, and there are a lot of messages trying to get us to move our work, our energy, our money into that system. And, um, you know, I, I, not, not that I don't think either of us are, I told you so, you know, we're trying to not beat our own horn, but we've, we've been not only through this podcast for a couple of years, but we've been even on national broadcasts, like the things we do with Ben Swan for, for, our, for several years, even pre COVID telling people things were going to change that they're, they're just over the horizon. And, and uh, we're staring at it now. We're staring at, you know, this real inflation at, at 15%, um, at, at seven and a half percent CPI. Uh, and, and it's essentially upon us, right? That, that, and so now, now I think it's a great time to start examining what to do. What does it mean? Maybe reevaluating all of the positions that 
you are in and ask, are these really the places I want to be going forward? Uh, you know, uh, uh, a financial advisor, a wealth advisor might say, you know, you know, do we need to do we need to rebalance the portfolio? It's interesting because you brought up a couple of things, Bob. I mean, one one thing that we noticed as we did more and more things with Ben Swan is the more that we were direct and maybe we almost thought maybe like, was that too aggressive? Or we, you know, we're talking about slavery. We're talking about all these things, right? Being a financial slave. And we thought, should we, you know, should we not be as bold? And, um, and I, and I, and I think that what we discovered was that we need to be bold and the more bold we are, it helps people because it, it motivates a a response or action. And, um, when we talk about monetary debasement um, and what's happening right now, you know, again, you used a great quote from Nelson. If you know what's happening, you'll know what to do. We really have to look at throughout history. What, I mean, there's a lot of things that brought, brought down the Roman empire, but, but in reality, it was the same things that are happening now to our, uh, to our, uh, government to our country, and it, it probably will be the downfall of this country. Okay, and yeah. when's that going to happen? I'm not going to predict that. Uh, will there yeah. be a better country coming out of the other side? Yeah, I think there will be, and 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 I think it's okay. And I don't know it, 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 with you and I being in our what I'll call our mid fifties, which are slowly becoming our late fifties. Will we be around to see it? I don't know, but but I, I would just encourage the audience that this is sometimes, I don't wanna say complicated, but it's something that you've not been told before. So it means that it's harder to understand because your brain wants to go back to the default that you were taught. Yeah. And, and, and you were taught that your pursuit of the dollar is what your life should be based on because money equals choice, choice, choice equals freedom. We're not debating that, but if the value of that money is going down every single day, and if a $2020 is worth 30% more than a $2022, or another way of saying that, if a $2022 is worth 30% less than it was two years ago, we're on that slippery slope. Right. Yeah, and you know, the. Here, here is maybe where we'll, we'll get into something a little more radical. Questions that I think each person has to ask themselves. Is the dollar the right way for me to be measuring my wealth? If we live in a world with, let's say, even 1% inflation, and you're examining an investment over a five or 10-year period, you might say, okay, that's that's not a terrible way to evaluate it. Um, And the resistance, I talked about the resistance in the system is maybe not so great, but what if the resistance is 15% over a 10 year period? You, 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 if you're using the dollar, then at a minimum, you better be looking at the dollar in its purchasing power over these different periods of time, not, not in absolute terms, right? That, that, you know, you, and I, I speak with a lot of investors 
and um, and a lot of them in the cryptocurrency world. And what I'll tell you is is um, as as Jim knows, we've 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 raised several million dollars for our in our cryptocurrency working for our cryptocurrency ventures in the last six months in the last year, several million dollars. Um, there's a lot of people that passed on those opportunities. And I guess only time will tell whether they were wise to pass or not. But I'll tell you, there's a common theme of the people who passed. And that's people who got stuck into things like IRR, internal rate of return, return on invested capital. The people that did do the investments used completely different metrics about how they were going to invest uh, uh, the, the reasoning behind their investment and what they were expecting to get out of it. They had switched their mindset to measuring the investment in Bitcoin. And so um, they were investing dollars, but getting back Bitcoin. And they, they weren't trying to then re, re-look at the investment if they were looking at a two-year, a four-year, a five-year horizon and saying, well, what was it in dollars? They had suspended, for the large part, those investors had suspended it. Uh, um, One of the things I've done, I do a lot of, I mentioned I do a lot of speaking, is I have a chart that I bring up sometimes. And um, I'll bring it up in two ways. The first is I'll show a chart of the S&P 500 over the last five years. Yeah. And you guys can just imagine it. And it just kind of goes, of course, it's like any any curve like that. It bounces a little bit, but it's basically starts in the lower left and it goes up to the or the the upper right and it looks like a meteor. Okay. And usually when I'm talking to people, I ask how many people have participated and the hands go up and and the, a lot of people are very proud of how they've done in the market. And then I say, let me show you the exact same chart, but I'm going to change the basis from dollars to Bitcoin. And the chart goes from the upper left to the lower right. In other words, it's it's negative. Okay. And because the first chart, Jim talked about debasement, the first chart is loaded with debasement. You know, the input dollars in the lower left are completely different dollars than the the dollars in the upper right. But when you bring a constant in, because Bitcoin has a fixed supply, it looks completely differently. So I, um, you know, I think it's important to think about that, you know, regardless of what you're investing in. And, you know, we have a lot of people, I'm not saying that they're doing bad things. I'm not discouraging them from any particular investment, but I think it's very important that you evaluate what you do, where your money is, what your expectations are for that money, what your exit strategy is, what, what, what factors might make you change that. Because the world is changing very quickly. Jim talked about Bitcoin potentially being the global reserve currency. I brought up the piece about Russia for a very specific reason. It's very clear that what Russia is trying to do And we're not making political statements here about what's right or wrong, but they're a sovereign country with the right to do what they want. It's very clear that Russia is is on the edge of saying, we no longer want dollars. One of the world's largest economies is saying, we don't want dollars. They've already said, a week before doing that, they said, they will now trade 
all their trades for petroleum will be in euros. They were already suspending from the US. Then they said on that, oh, and now we're gonna accept Bitcoin too. Um, there are big pieces of the world that would prefer not to work in dollars anymore. And the opportunity for that to happen is that now there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna also bring up what may be even the most important thing in this whole discussion. And that's that, and I'm, I'm bringing up something um, for those of you um, who are listening only, there's a visual here that you may wanna go up and, and find on this presentation. It's about property rights. And so this is a big one. We have lots of people who have lots of money in gold and real estate and oil in equities in the US. And, and if you think about real estate as an example, um, and you think about the value at any point in time of that asset, let's say it's a, let's say it's a piece of um, agricultural land in Iowa, um, and it has a value of 10,000. What probably very few people do is think back and say, well, how much of that value is because of the utility of the land and how much of it is because it is one of the safest places in the world to store value. Well, there's, there's a store of value component and a utility component. Now, a, a way to approximate that is to look at a similar piece of land in a country that's less stable. So if you go to, for instance, the Eastern Ukraine right now, um, a less politically stable place, but with similar agricultural land, you might find that an acre of land is about $500. So what that tells us in crude terms is that the $10,000 piece of land in Iowa is 5% the utility of the land and 95% because that land happens to be in a place where the rule of law and the enforcement of the property rights is highly appealing. Um, for instance, again, we're, we're talking real estate here today, a massive piece of the United States real estate market is not only US investors bringing money into the US to store their value there, but internationally, it's been one of the safest places for people to be. And this system that we have has been the greatest system in history, without question. Um, you know, we have the rule of law here, the enforcement capability of that law, the will to do it, and the ability to do it, both the police and the military state. And I'll tell you something a little strange about it, though, too, is, is um, this property rights system is essentially paid for in blood. You know, our military, when we talk about what our veterans have done, you know, we've paid for this system in blood. So I like to say, um, you know, the historical version of property rights protection is a rule of law enforced by physical power and paid for in blood. It's a, it's a, um, and, it, and, and here in the Western world, it's been by far the superior method. It's expensive, by the way. It creates a lot of resistance. We talked about energy. There's a lot of resistance in the system to, to create these secure property rights. 
what's happening right now is Bitcoin and the blockchain, which Jim talked about, which is uh, an area of passion for me, has completely changed that. Okay, we now have the ability to protect property rights for an asset through a protocol enforced by a network, which is the miners that Jim and I uh, have invested in heavily, and it's paid for in energy. There's no blood lost. There's no people being shot. There's no people being imprisoned. Um, and so the question becomes, as people have the ability to store their value in a system that is easier to enforce, cheaper to enforce, and actually more secure, what happens to the asset values of those things like real estate, like gold, like oil, where store of value has been a big piece of the asset valuation. Um, this is a pretty radical concept, uh, but it's one that I think it's important to start talking about, not as something that will change next Tuesday, but that as we look at what will happen over the next handful of years could be radical. That if you are, as an example, if you are a person in Argentina, you're a successful business person in Argentina, and you come across, let's say a million dollars, historically what you would do is you would get on an airplane and you'd fly to Miami and you'd find a condo or a strip mall or something like that. And you would, you would pump your money in there and that's where you would store your value. What if you don't have to get on the airplane? What if all you have to do is click a button and you own Bitcoin and it's completely secure? The government can't take it away from you. You can move that money um, even better because it's more liquid than that real estate is, right? I can, I can sell it and I can move it and transport it through space and time with no resistance. You know, these are pretty radical things. And so as I'll just say it from my personal perspective, um, you know, I, I see myself investing on a percentage basis significantly less in assets that use the traditional method of property rights enforcement and a lot more in investments or assets that have um, this new, more efficient, supreme way of enforcing property rights. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, Bob... Um, yeah, kind of, where do I start there? That you just gave a lot of information. So, uh, you know, when I think about the knowledge that you've created and I tell this story a lot on, on here and you maybe heard it, but, um, and maybe you recall this conversation, but in 2017, at the end of maybe the third or fourth quarter of 2017, you said, Jim, what do you know about cryptocurrency? And I said, you mean Bitcoin? And you said, no, there's other types of cryptocurrency. And I said, no, no, Bob, I only know the word Bitcoin. That's all I know, right? And, and you know, we've come a long way since then, and especially you, right? But it makes me think of, of, a, of a verse in the Bible, and it, said, it says, every prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool displays folly, right? That's Proverbs 13, 16. So we, we have to educate ourselves about what is happening about the problem that Bitcoin solves. 
And by the way, we're not telling you to go out and, and, and buy Bitcoin. We don't recommend you buy anything on this show, okay? We're just giving you information. Do with it what you want, okay? Um, and and um, But you really have to understand the differences and and you have to understand as much as you may or may not want to understand that governments are corrupt when it comes to monetary policy and that there is a, a great book called the law by frederick bastiat i can never say it. i think that well that might be actually pretty close um and and he says that there's 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 plunder, illegal plunder, and then there's legal plunder, right? Again, you got to remember this book was written in the 1700s, I believe. Might have been the 1800s. It doesn't matter. Okay, so um, plunder. If we could, if we could, if we had a currency where nobody could steal it, right? Then isn't that a more honest? a more fair, a more free currency. And, and then, you know, I always think, Bob, it's, it's the vision of things, right? Again, we're 50 something years old. Um, and, and I still believe that our future will be bigger than our past. Right. And, and um, what's the vision? I mean, I know this would be just totally a guess, but if, 20 years from now, 10 years from now, because I don't think it'll take 20 years, is Bitcoin is the whatever level of success or adoption that you want to say, you could say it's the only currency. Okay. And what's the future look like for that? Yeah. You made a point earlier um, about the internet uh, and, and, and my, you know, I was, I was blessed to have been there. In, in the early days. And in fact, I was there pre-internet because I, I, one of the things I tell people is I arguably was part of the design team, a minor member uh, in full disclosure of what, what I think many would say was the first laptop computer ever made. This is before networks even existed or the internet. And, you know, I rode that wave uh, and then into the internet and I saw how things changed. And, you know, I can say personally that about 92, 93, I could see the internet was coming. You know, you could start to see what was going to happen. Remember, Amazon doesn't exist. Google doesn't exist. None of these things exist. It's really just um, very crude text-based little websites, but you could start to see the power of this thing and the way people were using it to communicate. Um, I ran across a stat just the other day. Uh, it was actually from a Fidelity report. Um, and Fidelity, uh, the Fidelity report showed that the level of adoption of the internet in 1997 is exactly the same as the level of adoption of Bitcoin today. Exactly the same. Same number of users worldwide using them. They followed a very similar adoption curve from birth to now, right? Bitcoin's actually running slightly faster than the internet in terms of adoption. So imagine how the internet changed from let's say 97 to 2010 to now. Yeah. I mean, it is in the space of 25 years, 
it life is now unimaginable without the internet. Right. Businesses can't work. Phone companies can't work. Um, broadcast companies don't work. Banks don't work. Um, you know, it's completely transformed every, every industry and it forms what I would call the base layer of everything. People may not know this, by the way, if you make a phone call today, even if you, if you still have a, a, a business line or a home line, it's all runs on the internet. The, the old phone lines that you think of, those don't exist anymore. They, they, it all, when you pick that lineup, you're connecting to the internet and, and that's what's happening. That's what's going to happen with Bitcoin. You may still transact in dollars, but 20 years from now, behind that transaction, behind MasterCard, behind Visa, behind PayPal, will be an internet transaction. It will go dollars to Bitcoin, to Bitcoin back to dollars. Okay. Bitcoin will be the base, what I call the base settlement layer of financial transactions around the world. It will be the rails upon which really all monetary transactions take place. Um, there's a good chance that anything else that requires a high level of assurance and security will also transact on those same rails. That could be the movement of a, of a home deed or a car title. It could be voting. It could be, you know, a whole bunch of other things that will, what we call settle on the Bitcoin blockchain. I have a great deal of certainty, Jim, that you and I will see that in our lifetimes. And I think what will happen is very much like what happened to the internet. The time period from 1997 to let's say 2002, 2003, that was the adoption period. You know, we went from uh, a single digit percentage of the world to somewhere around a third to a half of the world adopting over that five period, uh, over that five year period. There's this term whenever you study exponential growth is it's very hard to see the beginning of the exponential curve, but it's, you know, it, it, because it, but, but then it, but then it just takes off at this astronomical rate. And, and I firmly believe that we're at the very beginning part of the liftoff phase of that. Um, and, and it will change a lot. And what, what worries me for people that maybe get too heavy and too deep into a particular mode of thinking is they may get stuck. If store of value moves even 10% from the old system to the new system, that's essentially 10% store of value moving out of the old system, right? So I'm not predicting this, I'm just giving you a hypothetical, but you could see just from that movement alone over that period of time, you could see real estate prices and precious metal prices drop 10% just from that movement alone. Um, and you know, combine that with con continued debasement of the dollar, combine that with the Fed's quandary about interest rates and other things, and you have a real mess. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Bob, this is such a big subject because like if we were talking about the internet and we could talk about it for days, right? Yeah. Um, give people uh, a couple things here. 
give people like three kind of bullet points of something to think about um, when they're when they're when they're thinking about whether they should buy Bitcoin or when they should buy Bitcoin or or anything. Just kind of three bullet points to help educate themselves. Just kind of like you had talked about educating yourself over the last few years and becoming an expert. And you know, we you know we try to encourage everybody to read an hour a day. And there's there's statistics out there that say if you read an hour a day, within seven years you become in the top echelon um, in uh, of 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 humans it's kind of interesting within seven years right and that you it's 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 that's kind of amazing but if i were going to read about bitcoin what are some of the things that i need to know so those kind of three things and then you know so many people in the world today as much as i'm encouraging them to read they don't really read they watch videos they watch courses they watch and it's one of the reasons that we developed our a community and um, we're going to be kicking off our crypto group uh, in the community, which um, Bob is going to moderate. And, uh, um, you know, we'll have other people on there, too, and guests and things. But, but you know, your Q&A and you can get a lot of questions answered in there. And we're going to kick that off. Uh, we'll, we'll probably just kick it off in conjunction with the release of this episode. And um, but. But there are, and we're going to put resources in there. But, but uh, in in uh, um, in some, Bob's going to create courses on Bitcoin. And I mean, again, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm making my question really convoluted. But let's just go back to the three key points. Three How's keys. that? Yeah. Well, I think that's good. Like you said, I I understand why um, even kind of struggle with that because. Um, you and I talk about this frequently. It's such a big topic. The ramifications are so huge um, that that when you we call it in the Bitcoin community going down into the rabbit hole. And you know, once you go into the rabbit hole, you never come out because you realize that you're not talking about you're not talking about a stock. So I'm going to actually give you four things, Jim. I think I got four. Yeah. But the the first one is this is not a stock. It's not deciding if you want to buy Tesla or not. You need to make a decision as to whether or not you believe this or not. Take the time and make the decision because choosing to not decide is a choice in and of itself. And I will say um, it's a very dangerous one because what I'm talking about is a massive change in the structure of the world. And you may end up deciding you think I'm a lunatic and I'm nuts and that's fine. But then you've made your conscious decision. You've bet on the current system. Okay. But you're not betting again. You're not betting on a stock. And if that stock goes through the roof, um, it's not like you just lost that opportunity. You know, you are choosing a side here. Okay. Now you can you can bet both sides. You can bet red and black, and that's okay. I probably would encourage you. <laughs> I can't give it financial advice, as Jim said. Probably encourage you to do that. Um, so that's one. Make a choice and do it. Do it from an educated standpoint, and realize that you can't. You can't listen to me talk for a half hour or or watch a a couple YouTube videos for an hour. This is something you have to learn about money. You have to learn about economics. 
And, you know, if you don't put a hundred hours into it, you probably haven't even done yourself justice. Okay. So that's probably, it's probably a, like through this year, find a hundred hours, learn about Bitcoin. Second, um, think about what absolute scarcity means. Okay. A core principle of Bitcoin is there's only 21 million there will. And, and that's a, that's a hard number. It can't be changed. It is the exact opposite of everything else in the world, okay? Which is, which is ever expanding, right? Well, especially fiat currency is ever expanding. But even gold and silver, and even for your real estate guys, I'll argue even real estate is not absolute. There's there's always ways of of creating more land or more uh, developed land. So it's it's good, by the way. I'm not here to hate on any of those things, but um, so learn about absolute scarcity. Number three, much like the truckers in Canada right now, they're taking a stand, okay? And they're taking a stand for freedom. Decide whether or not you wanna place your bet on a system controlled by government. I believe there is a one-time chance in the history of mankind to be part of a monetary system that is not controlled by government, that can't be changed, that can't be corrupted. Um, if this fails, then I would say for all hu human history, we will never have another chance to take it back. Either, either you want governments to manage money, um, and all the things they're going to do with it, or, or you want a chance at at least a parallel system they can't, they can't manage. Um, and I guess the last thing is, this is a real challenge. It's a, it's a mental challenge, is Bitcoin forces you, or at least provides the opportunity for you to think about wealth in a different way. So as Jim knows, when we invest in Bitcoin, we acquire Bitcoin. We use the terminologies a little different. We, we don't buy Bitcoin, we sell dollars. We're selling dollars to acquire Bitcoin. After we've acquired the Bitcoin, to a great degree, we don't care what the price is. Is it 40 today? Is it 50? Is it 60? doesn't matter. Because what we own is we own a percentage of the 21 million. And we are, we are preparing for life on the other side of this, for this other financial system, right? And so we don't want to get enticed by some um, new run-up in the Bitcoin price. We're not trying to move it back. We're not, you know, that's, that's not the goal. The, the goal is, hey, you start at least having a second way of measuring your wealth, and you do it in the new system. And when you move wealth over, you're not gonna move it back. Um, and and that's, a, that's a challenge. And I've been doing, as Jim said, I've been doing this for five years intently. Um, I still struggle with it sometimes. It's like learning another language. My language of money is dollars. That's my native tongue, so to say, as it would be for all of us. But I'm learning a different one and I'm, I'm close to fluent, but I'm not quite there yet. Um, so, so those are the, those are four, four thought points for people. Perfect.
and Bob, like I said, we could probably talk about this forever, but we're going to wrap it up here in just a second. And, you know, um, here's what I hope that this does for people is like Bob just said, this is a starting point. If you don't know anything about Bitcoin, then this is a starting point. And, um, and, and, you know, um, there's a lot of books out there on Bitcoin. We'll put in the show notes some of Bob's favorite books and uh, that he would recommend that you try um, and, uh, and look at. And again, I want you to understand, you, it's kind of like Nelson would probably have said about Bitcoin, is Nelson really didn't ever, I mean, it wasn't on his radar before he passed away about what really Bitcoin was. All right. And he maybe I'm sure he knew the word and, and you know, that there was Bitcoin. But um, when you think of sound money, you think of all that. This is sound money. This is the solution. And it's and it's and it's and it's uncorruptible. So uh, that's. That's all you really need to know. So now if that's if that's the case, then I got to learn everything I can learn about it and how it's going to benefit me and how I'm going to use it or not use it. Or like you said, Bob. It's time to just it's you're gonna have to uh you're gonna have to choose sides at some point in time and i think that everything that is you know they people say well uh, isn't the government gonna shut it down they can't right and and our government doesn't control all these other governments as much as we think because we don't have enough money to control them as much as we used to right so that's only going to get worse um, and the there, there's somewhere I read, Bob, that the average currency only lasts like uh, 30 years or something like that. And uh, uh, so our currency has lasted a lot longer than that. But our fiat money has not lasted a lot longer than that. <laughs> right. And so it's only just 50 know, years old and it's showing signs of weakness. It's showing it's, it's wobbling. <laughs> it needs an oil change. Needs you know some something's happening. It's, we're going downhill and we're wobbling. It, we're picking yep. up speed as we, we get yep. the speed wobbles. But yep. I want you to think about that. We're gonna put some resources in the show notes uh, that are gonna help you. Some links that you can get some videos, and then look for more and more uh, information in the community. And remember that community.createtailwind.com is your community, okay? We're gonna provide lots and lots and lots of information that's gonna grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger. And there's gonna be all different levels of opportunity. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, if you haven't joined, sign, uh, go to uh, community.createtailwind.com and join and start with the Becoming Your Own Banker book because that's the course that that's going to help you figure out what the problem is and the solution is techniques like infinite banking and looking at alternative currencies scarcity all of that what the government's doing educate yourself and then make your own opinion so bob thank you so much for spending time and sharing all that great information and we're going to end this episode like we do every episode with the and the, the timeless words of Earl Nightingale. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. 
If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.